Are you ready? Hey, stand with me one more time. We're going to pray together and get ready and, and ready our hearts to see what God has for us today. You ready? All right, repeat after me. Awesome God. Give me eyes to see. Give me ears to hear. Give me a heart to receive. Give me a mouth to confess. All of the great things. Say it and put some stank on it. All of the great things. There we go. That you have already provided for me. Amen. Good job. You can have a seat. This is the last Sunday of Super Dream. That doesn't mean that this is the last Sunday that you're allowed to Super Dream. I was telling Randy this morning how I thought it was cool that on Facebook and social media, the term Super Dream has become synonymous with goals. And it ought to be. Every time you have a goal, you should say, I have a Super Dream. I have a super dream, not just a goal, I have a super dream. So what this has been is a five-week focus on growing, sowing, and going in our faith. And we're going to recap real quick, and then we're going to introduce the final like new ideas to kind of cap this off. So we're focused on spiritual growth, our giving, our lifestyle, because we know that everything that God wants to do in us and through us, he's going to do by grace through faith. Grace through faith. Nothing we do is, is on our own. And a couple weeks ago, I introduced you with the idea that 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 there are, if you could imagine, like pipes or, or hoses coming from heaven, and each of those hoses is, is a flow of grace. And there is a grace for healing in your life. There is a grace for prosperity, a grace for freedom, a grace for power, a grace for your relationships over and over and over again, etc. Those, gra- that, those, those grace is just flowing through those things, okay? Constantly. Unless we choose to reach up in an area of our life and grab it and say, no, God, I got this. I don't need you. How often we do that really determines the quality of our life. Because here's the simple reality is the Bible says that we all are on equal footing. In Romans 5, 2, it says we have access by faith into grace, into all of those areas of grace. So those streams are flowing unless we interrupt them. So they're flowing right now in this room. There's a grace flowing right now for your finances. There's a grace flowing right now for your safety. There's a grace flowing right now for your children and your friendships and your relationships. But if we choose to take those things into our own hands, we kink those things up with our unbelief, and we stop receiving the 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold blessing that is promised in the Scriptures. So it's like this. I have a lot of faith. I get a lot of flow. I have a little faith. I have a little flow. So let's recap over the last several weeks very quickly. We introduced an idea, kind of the laws of sowing and reaping, and that there is a time for, for seed, and there is a time to harvest. There's a time to sow, there's a time to reap. And in Galatians 6, 7, it says, you cannot fool God, so don't make fool of yourself. You will harvest what you plant. So what you're planting, what you're sowing, is what's going to come back to you. So we're going to continue we're talking about super dreams. Say super dream. Good. We're going to do that a lot. So it'll be give and take day, okay? So laws of sowing and reaping, laws of casting seed. We can't ignore these things in our life, and if we do, our lives are going to be less than what we imagine and less than what God has for us. So, where are we going to be? All right, right here. This is where we're going to be. So confess this with me. Say, whatever I need, need, more of in my life, life, I must plant a seed seed in faith. faith. Okay. We've established that. Anything you need, you've got to plant a seed in faith faith. And why are we talking about this? Because I am, it's not like I'm tired of it, but like I'm a little tired of it. Like having to convince myself every single day of who I am. I, I, 
I, I'm like, I was like, I wake up in the morning and, and I have amnesia. I wake up and I forget. And suddenly the new day brings new stresses and I forget absolutely who I am and whose I am. And I'm like, Curtis, you're so dumb. But what I found is I'm not the only dumb people in this dumb person in this room, guys. Raise your hand if you're dumb. Some of you lying. No. <laughs> Here's the reality is I've had to learn that if I want to, if I want to reap something good, I got to sow something good. So whatever I have in my super dream, I've got to be willing to sow for that thing. And I want things for my, me and my family. I want things for you and your family. And so that's why I've been, you know, working on these principles myself, and I'm encouraging you to do that as well. So we're going to start going through those. Randy, if you'll, we'll start at slide one. One, everything starts as a seed. Everything you do, everything starts as a seed. VCC started with a seed in faith, a faith seed. Genesis 1.11, let the earth produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and fruit trees on the earth, bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kind. A word seed, we spoke it. We said, we want to plant a church. We don't know what we're doing. We want, to, we want to do this thing. And then a deed seed. We had to do something. We didn't have to do everything. You are here not because of us. You were here because of God. I couldn't get you. I could not compel you to come here. God brought you here. Actually, my mom and dad did not come to our very first like service in our apartment. They're bad parents. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. They came later. Why? Because I told them, I said, you do you. This is what God called us to. And God compelled them to join us. I didn't do that. But I did have to plant a word seed and a deed seed to be standing here today. Two, nothing happens until a seed is planted. It's just a super dream until you plant a seed. And then it starts to become a super reality. John 12, 24, unless a kernel of wheat, that's a seed, is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. What seeds are you sowing for your super dream? Three, when you have a need, you plant a seed. Ecclesiastes eleven six. do your planting in the morning and in the evening too. Plant all the time because you never know. You never know whether it all whether it will all grow well or whether one planting will do better than the other. It's saying just plant all the time because you don't know which one of those seeds is going to produce what you're hoping for in your life. Okay, four, whatever you plant is what you will reap. That, that's simple, okay? Whatever I plant, if I plant discouragement, I better expect discouragement to come back to me. The problem is, and I see this on social media all the time, I'm going to plant negativity and then I wonder, why is my life so negative? Why, why I got so many haters in my life? Why my friends stink so bad? Because all you do is plant negativity. You want good friends, plant friendship, plant positivity, plant encouragement, okay? You're going to grow, you're going to reap what you plant. Simple, okay? Moving on. Oh, that's a blank page. That's unusual, okay? There we are. All right. Five, you are not the only sower. You're not, you're not in this alone. John 4.38 says, I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant. Others had already been, done the work, and now you get together the harvest. So, guys, we're in this together. You're sitting here. Many of you are sitting here based off of, you know, reaping things that you didn't sow, and that's okay. Somebody has to come before constantly. I grew up in a church, and I benefited from people sowing. I wasn't sowing, but I was benefiting from their sowing. My parents were sowing, and then people are still benefiting from that today. It's just this wonderful, you know, like Lion King circle of life thing, okay? So 
You're not the only sower. We're all in this together. We're in a community of grace. We're not alone, okay? Six, you will always reap in a different season than you sow. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to plant, a time to uproot, a time to scatter, and a time to gather. Um, I gave yesterday. That was yesterday. Let's give it some time and let's see what happens. I sowed this yesterday. Let's give it some time and see what happens. Let's continue to work on this thing. I told you my story about Riley and her strawberry plant, how she told me I was a liar because she planted it one day and the next day she didn't have full-blown strawberries. It's funny when we see a little kid do it, but we get angry when we, you know, do it ourselves as adults. Like, God, where are you now? I was nice yesterday. Why are people still mean to me? Because you've been ugly for six years. That's why. People don't like you. Give me some time. Okay? That's, people do like you. Sorry. You know, y'all are good people. I know. None of y'all ever have bad days or attitudes. So, where are we at? Seven. You must be patient and not give up. Kind of plays up with what we were talking about before. Galatians 6, 9. Don't get tired of doing what's right, for after a while you will reap a harvest of blessing, and if you don't get, dis- if you don't get discouraged, you don't give up. Thank you, guys. I mean, I'll tell you right now, we, we are a fairly drama-filled church, and that is unusual, even for a church our size. And you know why? I think it's because we have a spirit of patience, and we have a spirit of not giving up in this place. We know that it does take faithfulness to sow. How do we know that? Because we've been doing it for seven years. Okay? Eight, you will always reap more than you sow. That's a kingdom principle. That is not a world principle. Okay? You invest in worldly things without God directing those steps. You have taken the kingdom out of it and you were just rolling the dice. But whenever you allow God to direct those steps, you always reap more than you sow. Mark 4 8. Still other seeds fell on good soil. It came up, it grew and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, 60, and 100 times. That's the law of greater here. We're all perfect. We are at today now. That was all the last couple of weeks, so that was free. Here's what you got to pay for, okay? Ha, yeah, thank you for that little laugh there. Okay, nine, you increase your harvest by planting more seed. Duh. You increase your harvest by planting more seed. Second Corinthians 9, 6 through 7 says, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will reap generously. Each one should give what he's decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. I love that passage because it tells me that I am not supposed to impulse give. Kind of like you ever been at Walmart and you're standing there and there's all that as seen on TV stuff. And you're like, I need that. You don't, but you do anyway. You buy it. And suddenly you have this oversized remote or, you know, two-cent nonstick skillet that you paid $50 for, something like that, you know. And, and that's the same thing. Like, God wants you to think, okay? He wants you to not give reluctantly so, or under compulsion. So I am never trying to convince you to give. I am never trying to manipulate you to give. I want you to know 110% that I want you to give strategically. Uh, If you've been around here, you know that I say strategic giving, strategic sowing is cheerful sowing, okay? So my family makes a plan, not only for our finances, but for other areas too. There are some things we have to say no to. There are some, we don't say no a lot, unfortunately, but there are some things we have to say no to. Some things that we say, if we were to say yes to that, it would be it would be out of compulsion. 
We can't do that. But our finances, for example, we have a giving goal every year. And this goal, guys, is not based on what we have. That's, that's the thing. If, 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 if I'm looking at my goal, if my super dreams with earthly eyes, I'm going to do it based on what I have. No, our giving goal is based on our, our super dream. So if I say, I want, I, I, God gave me a super dream for this in my finances, then I give according to that. I was having a conversation with someone once, and I said this, and, and I just hear my heart here, because I said, I want to be the first person at Venture Community Church to give a $10,000 seat. I told, I told them that, and they said, okay, you know, whatever, and we got in this conversation about that, and I said, but, but here's the deal. I know that I'm going to have to sow little seeds up to the point where I can get that. I have a friend who, he's a pastor in, uh, in West Texas, and, and, and on the regular, he, his goal is to constantly out-sow, out-serve, and out-give everyone in his church. And to date, there has not been a year that, he has been, that he's been beaten. Why? Because he is constantly increasing his harvest by planting more seed, whether it's a relational seed, financial seed, whatever. He is killing it every year. And you know what? That's my goal, too. I'm going to outdo every one of you suckers because I'm competitive. Okay, that's why. Okay, so it's based on my super dreams, not on what I have. Because if I start looking at what I have, I'm going to be like, oh, gosh, and I'm going to live very, very, very small. So I, we do this because not only are we competitive, but we know that when we sow in his kingdom, we reap more. But even more than that, we see lives changed, and that's our heart, is that more lives would be changed. So check this next verse because it's awesome. Proverbs eleven twenty four: The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Oh, that's cool. I want a larger and larger life. Say larger and larger. I told you a couple weeks ago I had a friend of mine, and she was our very first pastor here. She moved here, and she was, the, she was number three of the people who were launching. It was me, Jesse, and her, and we met in our apartment. And uh, she has an incredible job right now. She travels all over the country. And she said she was at a business meeting and she was sitting next to a pool in Orlando, Florida, talking to these customers and things like that. And she had this thought, how did I get here? And she called me and she said, thank you for letting me involved, be involved in venture. Because when I asked the question, how did I get here? God reminded me I got here because of the seed that I sowed seven years ago. Okay. So can I brag on God just a little bit? Last week was a cool week for me because I got to geek out a little bit. After church, Jesse and I jumped in the car, and we drove very fast, and God protected us all the way to Irving, Texas, so we could get to the 1 o'clock service. Guys, okay, we left here about 12.10. I don't know what God did to time, but we showed up in Irving at like 1.30. Don't know how we did it, but God hand like picked us up and moved us. I don't know. But we got there, and we made it to that service just as worship was ending. And I got to hear um, Bishop Tony Miller speak some things over Venture Community Church. And it was so cool. And then after, and, and we got there, and we walked in, and like three people saw us from across this massive church. Seats like seven, ten thousand people. And they come over there, and they say, hey, guys, welcome, welcome. Welcome to Calvary. We got seats up here for you. And they walked us up there and they got us to our reserve seats, even though we were late. And I didn't even know they had reserve seats for us, but they did. And then after that, we got to go have dinner, have lunch with, with Bishop Tony Miller. And then after that, Jesse and I went and had pie. It was really good. That really wasn't part of the thing, but we were just killing time. And it was good. It was apple pie. It was so good. Anyways. So then we drove to Arlington Music Hall and we showed up and we walked in and we had these little armbands. We didn't know what they meant. And they said, hey guys, your VIPs come up to the VIP suite with us. And they walked us up to the top and we got to hang out with Israel Houghton and his, and his band and his team and a private chef cooked for us. And I'm sitting there like, how did I get here? And God said this, 
the world of the generous gets larger and larger. Can I brag on God? Just, just real quick. Okay. A couple of years ago, um, I had a great life growing up. I had wonderful parents. I really, really did. Um, but we, uh, as a family, we got to, we got to go take a, a vacation to go see my brother graduate um, boot camp at, at, with the Coast Guard. And, and we flew up there and, and we visited. We were in Washington, D.C. and we were in Maryland and we were in New Jersey. We were in all these really cool places. And, and we were in Washington, D.C. one day and my girls were ahead of me. We started having this conversation with my mom. I said, I said, it's cool that my girls get to do this now. And we just kind of had this conversation that that was not anything I got to experience at that age. Like we, I never flew in a plane. My girls have gotten to do more than I, in their age than I ever did my entire life. And we just got to talking, and God reminded me of that. And he said, God, the world of the generous gets bigger and bigger, gets larger and larger. Guys, I want to tell you, I'm going to brag. Can I brag one more time on God? Okay, I'm standing here today, and I'm looking at it. I get to send in an attendance report every single week, and people are texting saying, oh, my gosh, what are you doing in Grandma America with the limited resources that you have to continue to grow Venture Community Church from three people in seven years to where it's at today, and you bought your building, and all I can say is the world of the generous gets bigger and bigger. Guys. So here's the deal. If your world is getting smaller and smaller rather than bigger and bigger, stop, evaluate, and listen, okay? You got to look at your life. I know it was bad, but it was so good. Stop, evaluate, and listen. Rev ribs back with him. I don't know. Where are we going? Ten. The more seed you plant, the more God will give you. 2 Corinthians 9, 10. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread to, the eat, bread to eat will also supply you with seed and multiply it and enlarge the harvest that results from your righteousness. Listen. He's going to enlarge the harvest that results from your righteousness. That, that made me pause because, guys, I, immediately I read that and I said, oh, no. I'm not righteous. Oh, no. What kind of harvest am I going to get because I'm not righteous? And that was 2 Corinthians 9, 10. But, but here's what I recalled. That in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, wrote before this passage, so 9 comes after 5. He said, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him I might become the righteousness of Christ. So what he's saying is suddenly the harvest is from my righteousness, but my righteousness comes from him. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. That's based on him. 11, you plant by faith, not feelings. If the worship team can make their way back up. You plant by faith, not feelings. If you're waiting on it to feel right, you will never plant. If you're waiting on that 100% feeling, I, I need to know you'll never get there. We operate kind of like a 70, 80% rule. If it feels 70, 80%, like it's God, we're like, we're going to give it a try. Because I, I've learned over seven years that if I wait till it's 100% right, I've missed it and I'm watching somebody else do it. God is looking and he's waiting and he's, and he's seeing who's going to be obedient. And if I'm not going to be obedient, he's going to give it to someone else. If I'm not faithful with the little that I have, he's going to expand to someone else. 
So if you're waiting for 100% right, you'll never plant. You'll never sow. But what is faith? Hebrews 11.1 1 says this. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. You guys can go ahead. And where does faith come from? Romans 10.7. 10.17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's why we do venture. So that our faith can grow. Why do we talk about his word so that our faith can grow? Why do we focus on his gospel so heavily? Because that's what we live in today. Okay? Twelve. The best time to plant is right now. Ecclesiastes 11.4. Those who wait for the perfect weather will never plant seeds. Those who look at every cloud will never harvest crops. Stand with me real quick. Pastor Tony Miller spoke some things last week, and, and I was just like, I was going to wait to share, but I couldn't because... That same day, we got a message about somebody at Adventure, and they said, I wanted to come up for prayer, but I, I, did, I didn't want to cry. I didn't want to get upset. And they're, and they're in the midst of a super dream. And, and, and Pastor Tony Miller spoke this, and, and I kind of edited it and worked it into us, but here it is, is that the best books are yet to be written. The best marriages are yet to be had. The best businesses are yet to be launched. The best investments are yet to be sown. The best songs are yet to be composed. The best children are yet to be raised. But here's the super sad. Say super sad. The super sad truth about super dreams is that some of us have our hand on the doorknob. Hey, hold on a second, guys. Back up just a little bit for me. Okay. So some of us have our... I got a long way to go. You'll be wore out. Okay. So... Some of us have our hand on the doorknob ready to walk through that wide door and we get distracted. We get distracted, guys. Not by necessarily what's going on, but we start comparing. Not comparing our dream, not comparing our life, but comparing who we are. And we start asking a question like, why me? Why not you? Stop asking why you and start saying, why not me? Well, why can't I be that? Why can't I have that? So we get distracted. Listen, believer, what you are distracted by is never as important as what you have been distracted from. I'm going to say it one more time because that's, that's, that's the point. What you have been distracted by, hey, look what's going on over there. See, is never as important as what you are being distracted from. See, I get in this, this, this. God's got something for me and I know it and my hand's on the doorknob and suddenly I begin to ask, why me? I start to look around and I see, man, their grass sure is green over there. And maybe I take my hand off the doorknob and I say, I want to check out what they're doing over there only to discover that if I dig a little bit deeper that their grass is green because they have a septic issue. God, let God take care of what's going on over there. And you just keep your hand on the knob, ready to walk through that wide door. Stop getting distracted. But here's, some, here's a secret. The steps of a righteous man are ordered. Psalm 37. I've been a bit dishonest with you for six weeks in this series. God doesn't order super dreams, guys. He orders steps. And if you take enough steps, you will find yourself in your super dream. He says, the steps of a righteous man are ordered. Y'all can start building now. This is the time. Right now. Okay, there we go. All right. The steps of the righteous are ordered. So what steps? What steps are you taking? What steps are you taking, righteous man of God? What steps are you taking, righteous woman of God? What steps are you taking to see your super dream become a super reality?
Because I told Randy this morning, we were talking about it. I didn't know if I was going to share it, but I am. Listen, I'm in the midst. Jesse, come stand here with my beautiful, pregnant, wonderful wife. We are in the midst of something really real right now. But God is, okay, you can go sit back down. I just need everybody to look at you for a minute. Okay. God is getting ready to burn things. And what we forget is that God's first command to Adam and Eve was what? To go out and multiply. He wasn't just talking about babies. He was talking about a, a gospel. The word I'm looking for. A gospel thing. Like a gospel. Yes. Gospel. Revelation. Blessing. He was talking about a command that would lead to all of those things. And that we are to have dominion. And everything we are to do is to multiply. Everything we're to touch is to multiply. And I think sometimes we have hopes and dreams and desires and they're right here. Put your hand right here. And we start to feel pressure. And we think that that pressure is bad. But actually what, may, what is happening is God is moving our super dream. He's moving the promises he's, he has, the promises he has for us out of the womb and into the birth canal. And we're starting to feel contractions. Okay? And you start feeling like one and two contractions. You're like, I can talk through this. But suddenly it gets further on down the line and you're like, I can't talk through this anymore. And we forget that sometimes I ain't trying to be gross. I ain't trying to bother nobody. But sometimes it's time to push. And instead we say, I'm done. This pain is too much. I'm done. When the reality is God's like, nah, you're about to burst something big. If you'll keep, if you'll keep with me. If you'll keep going, you're about to burst something big. And I think as we close out this time, we need to pray. We need to pray that just because this Super Dream series is over, we need to pray that you don't quit super dreaming. That you don't take your hand off of the knob. That you don't stop when it's time to push. That you don't quit. Because that would be like I said, super sad if you just stopped when you were right there. They're about to lead us and we're going to sing it again. We're going to say, I have a seat at the table. I know who I am. If you know who you are, then you know that your father wants to provide good things for you. Your father wants to give you the desires of your heart. That business that you want to have, that business that you want to launch is right there. The children that you imagine are going to become a reality. That breakthrough in your finances is going to happen. The family that you want to start and the disappointment that you felt is about to end. God has something bigger than we could ask or imagine infinitely more and we're going to pray together and then we're going to worship together we're going to lift the roof off this place and we're going to remind ourselves who we are let's pray father god i thank you god we are about to lift you up we are about to lift your name thank you for the dreams thank you for placing those desires in our heart God, move in this house today. Lead us, team.